Let's start with Bryce Young. So Bryce Young at Alabama, he's, you know, he's getting talked about a lot. You know, people think that he could easily be the first overall pick. What you need to know about Bryce Young is he is very, very small. I would, I mean, he's listed by Alabama at six foot one nine four. I, I, I think that's a classic. You're being generous with the size there. It would not surprise me if he was five ten hundred ninety pounds. Now, some people will will just go, oh well, what, whatever. You know, Kyler Murray's short. It doesn't matter, and and that's a line of thought. You know, Kyler Murray is quite sturdy. He was like about two oh seven, two oh five. Um, got quite a thick frame, like Russell Wilson. Young does not have that. He's very lean. He's not a strong player, not a strong athlete, and have a big lower body, and just he's just short. He is what he is, which is a very slight, slim quarterback. Um, and you do sort of have to wonder how teams will view that. And when you're talking about the first overall pick. Is a player with, I'm not saying that Bryce Young's not going to go in the first round. I think he probably will. But when you're talking about that size, is a team going to pull the trigger one overall or even two overall? That's just something to remember. Now, on tape, he is very good at processing. He knows where he needs to go and he executes. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think for someone who basically was starting out last year, to see sort of the, it's not the technical level in terms of his mechanics, but the technical level in terms of his processing. Okay, this is what the defense is showing here. He did this against Georgia as well. That's a really good defense. Here's what the defense is showing. I know that my number one reads there, number two reads there. I'll go for progression. Number two's on, throw it, get it out there, throws with accuracy, puts the ball in the right place. Perfect. He can drive the ball downfield and he can quote unquote make every throw. In the red zone, he will offer you some mobility and can run with his legs. He can scramble. He had a touchdown against Georgia, which was sensational in the red zone, in that he was being chased and harassed. You know, Georgia really got after him, and he found the tight end in the end zone just with a bit of improv, and it was superb. When he is pressured, and he was pressured by Georgia, his mechanics do tend to fail a little bit with his footwork, and I'd be interested to see how he performs at the next level when he does face a lot of pressure. Because when you are in Alabama, you you play a lot of games where you don't face that much pressure. You don't have that much stress as a quarterback. And when you go to the NFL draft, if you are picked very early, you're going to a team that's picking in the top 10 for a reason. So I think what I would say for Bryce Young is try and ignore the media hype. You know, try and ignore, he's not Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Locke, like he kind of feel like he is sometimes. The media is very good at this, you know, building up the Spencer Rattlers and Sam Howells and some of these other players over the years saying they're going to be this. Tua Tungavailo is another one of those. You know, they're this, they're that. I just pump the brakes on that. For me right now, Bryce Young looks like a potential first round pick. That's how I would describe him. Not a surefire, nailed on. He's definitely going to go first overall, second overall, because I just think there are other players in this quarterback class who are a little bit more intriguing. That's why I would say in terms of the size the, and, and some of the physical traits to go with the way that they play. Bryce Young, very good, accomplished player. Um, but, we'll, we'll, you know, the size is a thing. So, and, and that will get talked about more when the college football season starts. 
CJ Stroud is the other guy who gets mentioned an awful lot. Um, so, again, I would be very wary of the media hype with CJ Stroud. I think he's a good player. And I think he has a lot of what you need to play quarterback in the NFL. Watch the Utah game in the Rose Bowl. There are touchdowns in that game that you or I could have thrown. Their receivers are so wide open. It's embarrassing. Basically, Utah could not get close to them. They had no answer. He was throwing to receive. He could have had a bajillion yards that day if he wanted to. I mean, it was, it was tough to watch. And you have to have a think about what he's been throwing to at Ohio State. He, he's been throwing to the 10th overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft and the 11th pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And he had Jackson Smith and Jigba, who may be another top 10 pick in the 2023 NFL draft. And Ohio State have an embarrassment of riches at receiver. You know, the receivers generally want to go. And G. Scott Jr. went there from Washington. And basically, they get everybody. They have a reputation. Receivers want to go there. They get drafted very high. That's not going to change following what's happened to Olave and, and, and Garrett Wilson. So... He he has, and he have great tight ends, Jeremy Rucker and people like that. So he's had an embarrassment of riches to throw to. A bit like Alabama, there's not that much pressure on Ohio State. It's a bit more competitive in the Big Ten for them, but not a million miles off. And the system at Ohio State has always been very generous to, to quarterbacks. It's always been mass production. Think about the last five or six Ohio State quarterbacks. They've all been mass production guys. And none of them have really done anything in the NFL. And Justin Fields, you know, to me, had massive technical issues. I was not a big Justin Fields fan a year ago. And he gets to the NFL, and all those technical flaws just led to a million turnovers as a rookie. Maybe he'll fix that now. I'm doubtful, though. They appointed a defensive-minded head coach. So he could be another one who flops. And eventually, you've just got to say, okay, the system is beneficial to the quarterback. He has the, the most loaded receiving crop in in college football that has to be taken into account and then when you watch him play he had some really he had some stinkers last year the Oregon game was one of them he had a bad interception I think it was against Nebraska where the guy basically fell over the receiver he's looking right at this guy who's face planted on the turf and you're thinking don't throw because your guy's got his face in the grass there you know if you throw that he ain't going to get up and pick and catch that it's going to get picked off and there's a split second there, and oh, he's thrown it straight to the defensive back. And you see things like that, and you just, what are you seeing? And the decision-making is inconsistent. So, no, he's athletic. He's got a big arm. There are some really nice throws on top of the criticisms that I've raised there. But I'm just pushing back a little bit from the constant young one, Stroud two, everything's amazing. They're going to be the best quarterbacks in sliced bread. I don't quite see it that way. And I, and again, with Young, I would say potential first-rounder for Young, and I would say potential first-rounder for C.J. Stroud. Now, anybody who has listened to me speak in the last month knows I'm a huge fan of Will Levis. Will Levis, for me, right now, if I had to make a prediction, will be the number one overall pick next year, um, unless the team picking is Jacksonville when they'll take Will Anderson. That's just... My feeling. Now, he may or may not have the kind of year that he needs to, to get up there. He wouldn't be the first player who either gets injured or regresses and then it doesn't happen. 
but you 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 just you just have to watch him play. You know, it's, it's not it, it, you don't need. Yes, he needs to bring his interceptions down. Uh, I just marvel watching him. You know, the the guy has got everything. He is incredibly mobile and can break off big runs. He is elusive. He when he he needs to get a yard. There's this one of my favorite plays last season was when the center did a bad snap. It's at his feet. He picks the ball up and just, oh, you know what? We only need a yard. And just puts his head down, runs straight behind his offensive line, pushes the pile for five yards like he's Marshawn Lynch and, and doesn't just get the one yard. He gets like six, seven yards on this run. Incredible. As a thrower, impeccable arm strength, can make every throw, throws it all over the yard. Um, his processing's good. He has got a bit of Josh Allen to him. Now, he is not going to be Josh Allen. Josh Allen had everything, the arm strength, the speed, the athleticism, the mobility, the, the massive hands. You know, he was like a machine. It's like he's, he was like 6'5 and 250 pounds. I mean, as if you went into a factory and said, can you make me a quarterback, please? Will Levis is not quite like that. He's more 6, I think he's about 6'3, 6'4, 230 pounds. But he's going to run pretty well. He's, he's a fantastic athlete. He's got a great arm. He is, unlike Bryce Young, who's playing for Alabama, and CJ Stroud is playing for Ohio State, he's playing for Kentucky. They were like, what, 11-3 and three last year? Won the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Had a good game against Georgia. Um, he, he's elevated Kentucky to a point where the other guys, you know, they're, they're, it's quite hard to elevate Alabama. You know, what's elevating Alabama? Well, that's like an undefeated season, which would have been done. What's elevating Ohio State? Elevating Kentucky is something different. Now, he, is, he has lost a tackle. He has lost his Wondell Robinson, his best receiver. He's lost his centre. Um, Joshua Pichel has gone as well. So the team might get worse. They, I think they didn't end up having like a top 10 recruiting class, though. And, and I just think he's everything about him is, is geared towards being, being a top, top pick. And, and as much as I want the Silks to draft him, and I, and I, says, I get the sense that the Silks have probably got an eye on him, because uh, he does tick a lot of their boxes. I cannot. I, I will not read any mock draft, early mock draft for 2023 that does not have Will Levis in the top ten. By the way, that is a nonsense. If you see what, if you if you see a list or a mock looking ahead that does not have Will Levis early, <coughs> click off it. So for me, Will Levis is. I would say people are underestimating Will Levis, and I hope they continue to underestimate him. And I hope he's like there at pick 15 or whatever for the Seahawks and they can take him there. But um, he would be a player that I'd be willing to trade up for based on what I've seen so far. And if he can lower the interceptions and increase the touchdowns this year, and if Kentucky continues to be brilliant, Will Levis. Um, the other guy that I've, I've been really intrigued by is Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. Now, I've watched him. He was a player who came in when Derek King got injured. And he took over a miserable Miami team that, were, that looked like crap. And he just took them to a 5-1 record. If you go and watch Miami play Pittsburgh, he outguns Kenny Pickett, who's just gone 20th overall. And he got better and better and better as the season went on. I thought he looked fantastic. He's got a great arm. The ball just like flicks off his throwing finger right at the end. It just propels it, just flicks it downfield effortlessly. He's huge size, very accurate, make all the throws. Again, like his processing. Looks the part. Not the best athlete, but not the worst athlete. He, I think he ran a 5-0-0 at Spark. He's he said that he is working on his mobility and his speed this uh, camp. 
to try and be a little bit more athletic and mobile. For me, it doesn't really matter. You know, I don't think it matters as much as people think. You, you know, if you if your guy can scramble away, like Mahomes and extend plays, like Wilson and you know and Allen and all of these guys, great. Can he throw an accurate pass? Can he can he keep your offense on time? You know, they're the still the main things, and he can do that. I think he looks fantastic. Um, the concern I have is Mario Cristobal, and that. Miami last year were throwing the ball downfield and he looked really good doing it. Now, Mario Cristobal managed to make Justin Herbert a really difficult evaluation to the point where he's lasted to sixth overall instead of going first or second overall. And nobody really knew what to think of him. You know, people thought he was like, well, is he a first rounder? You know, people were going, is he a second rounder? That was, was, that was happening before the draft. It's, it's hard to remember now, but that's what was happening. And that offense has so much to, to say for that. Everything was underneath. Everything was a bubble screen. Everything was a short snap. Just get the ball out of his hands. Get the ball out of his hands. Get it into the playmaker's hands. It did nothing for Justin Herbert. And I fear that at Miami, they're going to do the same thing. And if Tyler Van Dyke is left to throw underneath every bloody throw and throw bubble screens, he's not going to be able to elevate his stock in the way that he can do by just getting the ball downfield. Now, they asked Tyler Van Dyke when Cristobal came in, what are you expecting? And he said, you know, um, sorry, no, I've misspoke. They asked Mario Cristobal about Tyler Van Dyke, and he said they'll tailor the offense to him. They'll get an offensive coordinator that works best with him. Tyler Van Dyke did an interview, I think, last week about the spring game that they had in Miami. And one of the first questions from the journalist was, so there was a lot of underneath stuff in that game. And it was like, oh, my word, it, it's happening again. It's happening again. So his stock may be hampered by the head coach. Miami might be good. Tyler Van Dyke might be good. But he might not elevate his stock to the level it can be if he's stuck in a boring offense that doesn't really make the most of his skill set. So they're the four. You know, I would say Tyler Van Dyke's got a good chance of going top 10. I would say that Will Levis has got a good chance of going top 10, maybe even first overall, top five, very realistic. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, I would say right now, potential first rounders. I would expect both to go in the first round. I, they Could they go first and second or top five? Yep, absolutely. That's distinctly possible. But if you read any mock draft right now, they have Young and Stroud at the top. I'm just saying, pump the brakes on that a little bit. It's not as guaranteed as some people think. What about some other quarterbacks? Tanner McKee, one to watch. He's done a mission. He's gone to Stanford, so he's a little bit older. Watched the Stanford-Oregon game last year. He was terrific. He was fantastic. Looked really, really good. Accurate passer, big, tall, good arm. Not the most mobile, but certainly not, not terrible in that regard. There's something there. Now, whether or not you know, Stanford are just all over the place every year, you know, if they could be consistent and winning and doing all of that, and if he could stay healthy, then um, maybe he could get himself into the first round conversation. But until that happens, you know, you can have to see it before you, you know, you can believe it. Dorian Tomlinson Robinson, I think, is really good at UCLA. Now, he's gone back, he's gone for a super senior year. I think he's underrated, I think he's a good player. I think that if he has another really strong season, I'm, I'm not sure whether he could be a first rounder or not, but you see these guys elevate. But there's some, I'm just saying there's something there. And he may be a mid-round pick. He may be a high pick. I just think, I like watching him. And I know that he makes mistakes, but I've also seen enough to think there's some talent there to, to want uh, monitoring next year. Phil Jerkovic, I need to see more of. I've not watched enough of him. I want to see him have a full season at Boston College. 
And then there's Spencer Rattler, just a no for me. You know, he has more to prove than anybody else in, in this college football season. He's a guy that has been pumped up and hyped. Last season, he kept throwing into double coverage and you were just thinking, what on earth are you seeing there, man? What are you throwing to? It was awful. It was over and over again, every game for Oklahoma. Not surprised they hold him out and put him on the bench. You know, he's got to show he can go through reads and not make daft decisions and not just trust his arm and not just think, okay, I'm Spencer Rattler. I am going to throw this and I'm going to be okay because I'm Spencer Rattler. He needs to quarterback, not just trust his arm. So a no for me there. Certainly, though, I think there's a distinct possibility for four or five first-rounders, and there's always players who emerge. And there's always players whose stocks falls. We will see who that fits into those categories. But that's really promising for a team that needs a quarterback to draft a quarterback next year, that at this early stage, there could be four or five guys who can go in the first round or are very interesting, if not in the first round. And with more potentially to come, I like the sound of that. Um, the Hawks Nest has gone in.